I suggest that we can prove the existence of God from the impossibility of the contrary. As Christians, we do not give up our intellect. The strongest evidence and argument for the existence of God is that without a belief in God, you can't prove anything. How can the law be material? That's the question I'm going to ask you. I would say no. And can you give me an example of anything other than God that's immaterial? Welcome to the Revealed Apologetics Podcast. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and here at Revealed Apologetics, Our goal is to equip believers to defend the Christian faith, and we want to equip you to do it in a way that is honoring to God and faithful to Scripture. So sit back, relax, get your thinking caps on, and let's dive into our topic for today. Welcome back to the Revealed Apologetics Podcast. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and in this episode, we are going to be uh, discussing the question, how does God speak to us? Okay, I think that's a very important question. How does God speak to us? And and to open up this episode, I, I want to begin by, by reading from the book of Hebrews, okay? The book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, uh, which says the following, long ago, At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much more superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Once again, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The majestic opening verses of the book of Hebrews presents us, uh, really, it presents to us a few things relevant to the question of how God speaks to us today. First, we learn that God has already spoken in many ways, right? As the passage says, God's word is eternal and his actions mighty in power and meaning. And the many ways that God has spoken and revealed himself to us includes uh, through the created order, Psalm 19, 1 through 6, right? God speaks to us in creation. Of course, the inner sense that all men have of God, Roman in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 21, all men have a knowledge of God. That's that's in a sense a a very profound revelation of himself to us. Um, God raised up many prophets, and he spoke to people through the prophets. We have the Bible itself, the written word of God. And finally, God has spoken and still speaks to us today through Jesus Christ himself and the work of the Holy Spirit. So I think these are very important to to keep in mind. In, In order to know God, it has always been necessary that God take 
the initiatory move to make himself known. He's done so both in his general revelation, God's revelation of himself in the created order and within man, and his special revelation, what we call special revelation, which is God's revelation of himself through raising up prophets and the recording of his word, you know, the scriptures. However, as Hebrews 1-2 indicates, the pinnacle of God's revelation to us is really in the person and work of Jesus Christ himself. If we take all of the Old Testament along with all of its stories and the messages from God, along with the events and the miracles and so forth, we learn that they all dramatically point in one direction, namely the person and work of the Son of God. Now, Jesus makes this point quite clear in his interaction with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the the doctors of the law. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it is they that bear witness about me, John 5, 39. Now, it's true that God has spoken and still does speak through the prophets of the Old Testament and through his law and so forth, but the culmination of the message, those things reflect, come in the person and the work of the ultimate revelation of the Father, namely his eternal son. All indicators point to this truth. For there have been many witnesses to Christ and his significance, right? John the Baptist bore witness to Christ. Jesus' own miracle, uh, miraculous signs and wonders bore witness to who he was and still is. God the Father bore witness to Jesus. The Holy Spirit bore witness to Christ, as we read in the scriptures. The disciples who gave their lives for the truth of Christ bore witness to who he was. So the high point of God's revelation to man is Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God. Now, this beautiful truth, um, really, however, does not seek to undermine the other ways in which God speaks to us, right? Nor does this truth negate the fact that the other forms of God's communication are inextricably related to the person and work of Christ and our knowledge about him. For in order to know about Christ, we must read of him in the written word of God. God can reveal his truth to someone without using the written word. However, God has chosen to give us his words, right? Couched in human language, he communicates to us, right? Now, the idea that God can speak to us in human language has many opponents uh, throughout the history of philosophy and, and things like that. For example... Many have thought that human language itself is too limited to tell us anything significant about an infinite divine being. And so, therefore, human language lacks the capacity to provide us with any meaningful information about, you know, God. Um, People come to mind. uh, A.J. Ayer, uh, from 1910 to 1989, uh, his uh, thought has had great influence on how people understand the rationality of the very concept of God and the understanding, you know, anything about him via human language. For instance, uh, Ayer postulated that the talk of God is is non-cognitive, okay? That's to say that talk about God is, is really meaningless. Along similar lines um, of, of that idea, you have uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein from 1889 to 1951. Uh, he held that God is inexpressible. Even if God may be experienced in some fashion, such an experience could not be adequately expressed in any meaningful way, okay? So you have had people in the past think that if there is a God, he's so transcendent and beyond us that surely human language cannot ex- express anything meaningful about him. Now, such ideas, no doubt, are in conflict with the Christian view that, that God has spoken and revealed himself and continues to do so in his word. Christians do not hold that God is inexpressible. Rather, Christians believe that God 
has not stuttered, if I can use that, you know, that cheap uh, cliche, right? He's spoken clearly and definitively both in his word and in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And the truth is that God can and has expressed and revealed to us uh, his truth. Now, to say that nothing meaningful can be said of God is to say something meaningful about God, isn't it, right? This is where we can kind of apply an apologetic twist or application, so to speak, to this idea that that nothing can be expressed about God. The truth is that God can and has expressed himself. But to say that nothing meaningful can be said of God is to say something meaningful about God. Namely, that if there is a God, he is the kind of being that cannot be linguistically expressed or that truths about him cannot be linguistically expressed. And such an idea is self-stullifying and contradictory, which if, if nothing can be said about God, then that very statement itself says something about God and therefore is self-refuting. Now, God has spoken many times and in many ways, and his divine will and purpose for us is recorded in his holy word, right, which still speaks to us today. For it is in his word where we learn that Christ was appointed heir of all things, that the Father created all things through him, that Christ is the radiance of the glory and the exact imprint of the Father's nature, that Christ upholds all things by the word of his power, that Christ made purification for the sins of his people. He sits at the right hand of God and is more superior than the angels, as our Hebrews passage at the beginning um, uh, expressed. Now, keeping this in mind, there is great benefit to having God's word as written, okay? And be very careful because there are a lot of people who claim that God speaks to them, you know, personally and, and things like that. Now, I'm not doubting God can speak to anyone he desires, um, but I think there is a great benefit and a priority of God's written word, and I think there is a huge benefit of having God's word as written, as opposed to just merely um, depending upon what this person or that person says God has, has said to them, which is quite um, frequent in the church today. Everyone claims to get a word from God, but there is the great benefit of, of God's written word. And, and uh, for, for example, written words provide for a more accurate preservation of God's words to us, right, as opposed to a single isolated you know, revelation given to certain individuals. Written words provide for more opportunity for repeated inspection. We could always return to God's word to us to, to, to study and get the most out of what God has desired to communicate to us. Written words are more accessible than personal, individual, or even corporate revelations. Anyone can look into the word of God for guidance and wisdom in regards to the will of God for their lives. So God has spoken, and he is indeed speaking to us today. His word is an eternal treasure that has been granted to his church and the world so that they, they can know what God is like and, and what he requires from his creation. His word provides for us a standard by which truth is measured and a corrective tool for discerning error. And lastly, God's word has pointed us to Jesus Christ, the word become flesh, who reveals what God is like and how we should live in light of who he is and who we are in him. May we never fail to look to God's word and Jesus Christ himself. All right. Well, that's all I have for this episode today. I hope this is helpful to you and useful to you. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, um, you could email me and, and we could uh, address them in the next episode. So take care and God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. Uh, if you have any questions 
um, that you would like me to cover in a podcast episode, uh, please email them to me to revealedapologetics at gmail.com. Also, we very much um, appreciate your prayers, and if you wish to support Revealed Apologetics financially, uh, you can by doing so. Um, we have a, a PayPal account set up. Uh, you can um, uh, help us out financially um, at paypal.me slash revealedapologetics, paypal.me slash revealedapologetics, and that would be uh, greatly appreciated if, if you were able to help out financially. If not, um, we, we definitely would appreciate uh, prayer. Um, and um, once again, if, if you have any questions uh, that you'd like me to cover, revealedapologetics at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and God bless. Thank you.